Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are back. It's a new week with a new episode of the podcast. I am your host, as always, Justin Bash, and this is the Bashamania podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bashamania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. All right. This is technically going to be called, I think, Coffee Time with Allie Reagans. I know she just poured coffee. I I just got some coffee. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm excited for this conversation, as Mm -hmm. I usually am with people who come on here, because I've been following you for a while, both, you know, on social media and your career. And I'm so intrigued because your story is unique. Like, even when I was, I always do a deep dive into people before they come on. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, wait, uh, she played volleyball, soccer, and she wrestled. And then her dad was her uh-huh. coach. Like, you've got a unique career. So I want to kind of go back to that. Tell me about how you got started in wrestling, aside from apparently just being super athletic, playing every sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my childhood was just like that. Like, it was like both my parents were coaches. My mom was a college volleyball coach and a professor. And then my dad was a high school teacher and wrestling coach. So they were both super busy. And so I think the easiest thing for, for them to do with me and my brother was just like, send us to this practice and go do this. And yeah. so it was like practice to practice to kind of like keep us occupied until they were done with their practices. And so that was pretty much my childhood, just like bebopping around as a kid, just sport to sport. Um, I mean, I had to learn how to play the piano. They put me in so many random different things. I just started learning the piano a couple of years ago. It's, I love it. It's hard, it's, but I love it. It is. Yeah. It's definitely something. You still play it at all? Um, I've, I definitely still know how to, but I yeah. don't have a piano in my house, which kind of, once you kind of like, it's kind of like riding a bicycle, but not as easy as getting back on the yeah. bicycle. You definitely lose that <laughs> more than that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was pretty much my childhood. And then um, wrestling kind of just like fell in my lap since my dad was obviously a coach and my older brother wrestled. And I was just like, we'd just be chill. I'd never had any intention to really wrestle. You know, I wasn't like, I'm going to go be an Olympic champ, but I was bored on the side of practices, um, just watching and stuff and swinging on the ropes. And when they would like play like sharks and minnows and those fun games as yeah. pretty much like all youth wrestling is <laughs> at the end, they're like, let's just play games. Um, that's when I would be like, yep, I'm in now. So for the <laughs> longest time I was just like a game player. And then I would, for the long, I also didn't compete for a really long time too. Cause I don't think my parents really wanted me to like throw me out to the wolves, you know? So yeah. that's kind of how it started. And then from there, I just, I mean, all throughout high school, like you said, I played volleyball in the fall, 
uh, wrestling in the winter and soccer in the spring. And so, and I also played club soccer in the fall too. So I was pretty much like just really busy. So I think wrestling really was only a winter sport to me. And um, don't get me wrong. I loved it. Like anytime I could outside of like, outside of the winter, I went to practices like club practices and stuff. But were you as good in soccer and volleyball? Yeah, we were good. Um, not necessarily like we never like won state or anything, but we were yeah. like in the state runnings and stuff. So, yeah, but soccer was my always my favorite sport. I will say that. Well, and I heard you say, weren't you originally when you were considering college thinking about playing soccer in there? It's so, like you were talented yeah. at soccer. It wasn't just yeah. like, oh, hey, I'm the best at wrestling, so I'll I'll go wrestle. Yeah, yeah, no, soccer was my my love, and I was definitely thinking about playing soccer, but like. Now that I look back on, like, the options between soccer, like, would I be on the women's national team? Uh, no. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? So it's just, like, crazy how things just, like, transpire. And then, yeah, I mean, until as far as, like, college goes, I was, like, looking at soccer and wrestling, too. And then King called and randomly kind of, like, fell into my lap. And I went on a visit there. I loved Coach Mormon. Uh, my college coach and yeah he had a really good recruiting class like our team was stacked in college like with a Sarah Hill yeah yeah so yeah we were we were good and that definitely helped that transition as well so I answered like five questions probably (laughs) (laughs) well and it's funny too no because what I'm curious about is like a lot of people come on the last like five to ten episodes I'd say I've been talking Mm -hmm. to people about the role their parents played. Like a lot of guys, I think it was like starting with McFadden's episode. And ever since then, they're like, one of the things I want to talk about is how well my parents did that. They didn't put an emphasis on winning and losing. They didn't put all the pressure on me. And your story is even more interesting because you didn't just have parents at home in your corner, literally on the mat, your dad, like what was your relationship like? And what was it like having a dad for a coach throughout high school? Um, yeah, that was definitely pretty, pretty easy, I would say for me. And, um, it definitely helped that he worked the high school that I was at too. So, um, it was good just to like hop down to his office and be like, Hey, I need this or that, you know? Can you get um, me out of detention? Yeah. I'm like, I got a little (laughs) bit of trouble. I was late for the seventh time this week. (laughs) No, uh, it was good. I mean, he was really good at that, like, uh, athlete dad thing. So, his rule was like, Hey, once we're out of the wrestling room, once we're home, like boom, back transition to dad. So unless my older brother wrestled as well, like I said, and yeah. unless we had like some at home, like we wrestled in the living room, like probably every night too. Like he just beat <laughs> me up <laughs> my whole upbringing. So definitely like if he, we had questions at that at home, he would answer. But other than that, he was really good at that, like athlete dad balance. So I imagine him like, taking that too seriously i think he was like i don't want to lose my kids i think that that's what happens at the time so that like really scared him yeah so he did a really good job at that balance and you know it's, it's funny too because you like you just mentioned when i was looking into it yesterday i saw that you were sitting there on what is this saying oh that's weird sorry i got some kind of weird zoom notice i'm not used to recording on zoom so something happened <laughs> just pick it back up um so it, I saw you were on a team with Julie and Sarah. What has that been like having such a stacked team and now having those teammates on a world level, on a national level? Like what has that been like? It's awesome. I mean, now that King has like made themselves like a force, it's just our like legacy now is just something that's just, is just ongoing too. So I think that, I mean, my, when I signed there, that was the only the second year that it was a program. 
So I signed on this program that was like brand new. You know how many women's college wrestling programs are popping up. So I kind of like took a chance because all these other girls were taking a chance, you know? So then once that happened, I think the reason why we can all look back and be like, wow, we were good is because we just like scrapped day in and day out in that wrestling room. We had this like weird basement wrestling room that was like pretty (laughs) creepy dungeony, but like the things that the scraps that went down in that dungeon was like, it was awesome. So, and then, yeah, they're like my sisters. We've been, you know, on teams and just growing up together pretty much. So it's awesome to see their careers and I'm support them to like thousand percent. So I think it's awesome to see it that we're still actually doing this because we're getting old 27 now. And so it's just like, we're still doing it. Let's go girls. I can't remember who I just had on. I think it was Victoria Anthony, but I was talking about this, this generation, all of you that are in your like mid to late twenties, you really are leading the charge with what it's like to go through this and come out of this. And I'm curious your perspective on what it's like to be a part of that kind of initial charge. Um, I mean, for me, it was pretty easy. Uh, my first junior world team, I had those girls, Victoria, Adeline, Helen, um, these great girls, they're a year older than me a year. Yeah. A year or two. So, and it was easy for me to look up to them and I was like, Hey, they've gone, this, they've done, they've done this before. Victoria Anthony, I think Adeline and Helen, they had all won junior worlds the year before. So I was like, these girls got it. If I do, right. if I do what they do, then I'll be successful, you know? So it was really easy for me up to them. And, um, as a young girl, it was, it was hard. That was definitely a hard, um, thing because really I think that we got all put into this box where it was like women's wrestlers. It's a man's sport. They have to be manly. Blah, blah. And I think that we like broke those barriers down, obviously. Totally. Those girls I just mentioned, they're beautiful and they're awesome. And you can, I mean, obviously social media helps because any young wrestler can go and look at, look at them on their social media or anything and be like, Hey, I want to be like Adeline. She's strong. She's beautiful. And, she is a five-time world champ and she beats right. mass. So I think that's just something that definitely helps the social media age. And I mean, I think that as long as we're showing those girls all these different kind of personalities, whether you want to be strong and beautiful, you want to be goofy and beautiful like Minta, or just like it just there's so many different personalities on our national team and things that you the girls have options to look up to. So I think that all across our national team, you can find someone as a young girl and be like, hey, I want to be like her. And I think that that definitely helps um, our sport growing. And that's, it's easy. Do you think about that? Like when you're when you're posting on social media, and when you're building your personal brand? Are you thinking about for a lot of people? It's not only wrestling is unique, because everybody's trying to always grow the sport. But you have a unique opportunity to where you can not only work on growing your personal brand, you can help be a pioneer. And like you said, talking about King University, women's programs are popping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you guys are at the front lines leading the charge. Do you think about that? Like when you're on social media, what you're posting on social media, do you give like place to all that? Um, not as like I go through phases of social media. I feel like sometimes I'm like, let me post this. We all and do. That. <laughs> yeah. And so lately I've just been like off of it and, um, but yeah, sometimes I'm like, should I post that? But I'm like, I'm a goofy person. Me and my roommate and stuff. We just like do stupid things just to like make each other laugh. So sometimes we'll post that and just like, and we've gotten so many comments being like, we live for your Instagram posts. And so we just like be on there a lot of times, but so yeah, it just really depends. I feel like I don't necessarily like, is the future women's wrestler generation gonna, 
you know, like this. I just think that as long as I'm myself and I, and I stay true to who I am, then that's enough in itself, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. And it's funny because my wife's becoming more and more of a wrestling fan since I'm such a diehard. Her, yeah. So she was, I was telling her you were coming on and mm-hmm. within like 30 seconds, the conversation went to your cat's Instagram within like 30 <laughs> right seconds. Here, yeah. <laughs> and I told her, cause she wants another cat soon. I was like, look at it. Yeah. We get a cat like this. I'm down with it. Yes. <laughs> I, I was, she's, she's the best man. <laughs> yeah. I was cracking up over that. So go, going back to the wrestling side of things now in high school, you wrestled guys too, right? And then it wasn't yeah, until college. Guys. It was only girls. What was that like transitioning from high school where you wrestled boys and girls and then it was just girls in college? Yeah, I mean, high school was hard, especially like I started as a super lightweight, like this, what was it? I think it was 103 or something like that. And then as I kept getting bigger and bigger, things just got like harder. So it's it's hard for women in that male-dominant sport to wrestle. It's it's one thing to wrestle them at 103, but it's another thing to wrestle them at 130. So – yeah. You know, just like that transition of being a girl wrestling a man pretty much. And um and then you almost have to like I've heard so many stories being like I had to keep cutting weight to be like to even make my lineup or this and that or to be successful wrestling with guys and that sucks, you know. Yeah. I can't even imagine that struggle. But um for me it was I was definitely more successful as a light as a lighter weight. And so it's just but for me I just don't necessarily look at that like outcome like I have to win states to be successful as a wrestler I love yep. wrestling and I still to this day love wrestling like that's what yeah. my passion is I love learning I love competing everything about it is something that I love so I think even as a high schooler I was just like hey just go out there give it your all and no one can fault you for that so I think that that's what where I came from with that but man, my first state bracket in boys was, it was like me, Tony Ramos, Ellis Coleman, the Dardane, one of the Dardane's brothers. There was just like- a, Illinois a, is tough. <laughs> yeah. It was, I think Ramos posted it, the state bracket like a couple years back. I was like, oh, no wonder I didn't play. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then where did you train after college? Um, I moved straight to the OTC. So okay. I think That's it right. was pretty, that was like an easy transition. It was- I feel like women's wrestling colleges, there's not that like RTC thing, you know? So that was the next step. And I, I had a great relationship with coach Steiner. I still do. He's a great, great guy. So I think that learned so much from him and that was, it was a great time there. And training there, you end up having back-to-back silver medal finishes at the World Championships in 2016 Mm -hmm. and 2017. And Mm -hmm. I want to talk about those for a few minutes because it's funny on one hand, like there's so much to be proud of, of a silver medal. So I hate like talking about it in a negative way where it's like, I'm curious because I know how hard, I know how hard it is and, and what a goal it is to become a world champion. So I know that a silver medal to me, I I'd give a kidney for that. Right. But to somebody who's training that and has the actual capability and skill to do it, what was it like falling short in those years? Like what was your perspective after 16 and 17? Um, for me, it was, it was interesting. Like after I lost in the finals of trials in 2016, I really didn't know if I was going to keep wrestling in general. So it was, cause that's just heartbreaking, you know, sure. so close to something and that's your lifelong dream, blah, blah. But I, I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. And so getting back on that horse to even wrestle, uh, in worlds in 2016, later that year was 
something that I was just like proud of myself for that. And I was like, yeah. hey, I didn't think like a couple months ago that I was going to keep wrestling until Steiner had like a conversation. He's like, are we going to do this? Let's, let's get back on it, you know? So definitely going into that competition, I was like, look, I, I didn't think I would be here wrestling still. And here I am. Just go give it your all and go like find that love. I think that I kind of lost that along the way, 2015, 16. I was just like in the, like the lull of things. I'm like, oh, yeah. another practice another this another that so I think finding that like passion really like lit that fire for me and I was like let's go let's do this and so for me I like to take things like I'm too overwhelming to be like I'm another quad I'm gonna get back first yeah. 2020 after 2016 but it was like hey here's the next and this is the next most competition let's get ready for it and yep. so I think in 2016 that was um what I found and I mean falling short of winning a world championship that's really hard um but looking back a couple months before I was like wow I didn't even think I'd be wrestling you know right so, and then 2017 um that one hurt like definitely a lot more because that iron passion was definitely um lit and so falling short in that um championship was definitely really hard on me but it was just like next best thing like what can I keep training for so just learning from that that forward and i mean second sucks but and, and, yeah but and, and that's why i say like it, I, I don't even mean it in a negative way because it's such an accomplishment but on one hand i think there's things that other people listening can take away from they might i think the what i've learned from doing this podcast is somebody like yourself who's uber successful and extremely de decorated they don't like get hung up on some of these losses they learn from them really really well and they maintain a proper perspective and i think the people who don't maintain the proper perspective are the ones who really hurt and i'm curious what was your perspective like right after did you have to work hard to try to regain that focus of like hey that sucks but what can i get better on like what was that process like oh i mean that was I definitely I hate losing I'm like such a competitive person to yeah. my core but I think that I obviously most of us wrestlers are but yeah. um I think that I like to give myself like maximum like 24 24 hours it's like hey been out like be sad feel that and yeah. then hey you got to move on like the sun still comes up the next day there's still more work to be done you can still learn like take that write down exactly what happened and move forward with it and there's only up from here you know what I mean uh, yeah. I think that that's something that I personally do it's like hey there's hey when 2018 worlds you know what's the next best thing that you could do um so for me I like fall in love with that learning process and yeah. I'm like hey learn from that move on and so something like that is just what helps get me through that and then it was just after the 2017 world championships you went to Iowa right yep what mm -hmm. led to that um, I, at the time I dated Corey Clark for, I'd been dating him for a really long time. And, um, it was kind of the next thing that I was like, I can't live at this training center. I live in an apartment in a dorm forever. Yeah. Um, I would visit there a lot and go back and forth from OTC and Iowa. And I love, I mean, there's no way you can't love that room and that intensity. I was just like, this is what I need. This is the next thing that I need to be the best wrestler. And I mean, before that, really, I didn't, before I moved there, I didn't really learn how to like hand fight. I was more of like an outside wrestler. Sure. And I learned so, I have learned so much from being in the Iowa room. And 
um, yeah, I wouldn't trade my years there for anything. And so I think that that was just the next thing for my career and what I needed um, to get out of my wrestling. So, By the way, and, and I don't know if you listened to Matt McDonough on this podcast last week, but he told me a story of when brands made everybody run with water in their mouths. Did you ever, did you ever do that? <laughs> Never, but I've heard the story. I can't even imagine. I'm a mouth breather because I have a deep... So am I. Yeah, I have a deviated septum, so I can't breathe out of my nose. I would have been struggling. <laughs> yeah, that and, and that's... I thought of that, and it was like, I told him, you're going to have to come back on this podcast and tell like 30 more stories of just yeah. brands training stories and, and yeah. everything else. But yeah, I mean, being in the There's Hawkeye... The being in, in the Hawkeye room had to be amazing. What do you think was like your biggest takeaway? Uh, just the amount that you can like, I think that you, there's so much more that you can get out of yourself. I think Tom and Terry call it your, the X factor. Uh, what's your edge? The thing that you're doing that in your head you can get that has, you have that edge on everyone else. So for me, um, my edge might be, for example, like, Hey, I'm running a stair lap in Carver once a week. Hey, that's my edge. If that mentally is what like makes me that much better than the rest of my competition, then yes, let's do it. That's exactly what, right. um, what I needed at the time. And then, um, also I think that, I mean, Terry brands will say like one motivational speech before practice. It couldn't even, doesn't even have to be that long, but you're like ready to ready to go. You're firing on all cylinders and you're like, let's go, let's get the most of myself practice. And something that he also said that resonated with me, it was like, let's, you need to be once you come um, on the mat and like you're ready for a competition, you need to be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually all um, yeah. together and working at the same time to be your best self out there. So I think that also um, just on the mat, there's way more to it. Than that. So it's just like, Hey, you got to be your best self on in every asset of life to be able to go win an Olympic to go be able to win NCAA for those guys. Um, and then also something that I got out of your lot too was just like your goals. I think that he talks a lot about process goals and outcome goals. And I don't think people like differ from like their young person listening. They're like, I want to go win states this year. And that might be a lofty goal to some people. For me, it's like, hey, I want to go win the Olympic gold. That's a very lofty goal. But hey, right. if I'm thinking about that every single day, that's very overwhelming for me personally. Yeah. So if I'm thinking about a process in those, in that little bit, I'm like, Hey, today I'm going to really try and get better sweep single today. I'm really going to try and perfect this setup. I'm going to go take down to turn, you know, little things like yeah. that, that, that just make it easier because that home goal is, can be very overwhelming, at least to me. So I think yeah, those no, are the main the same things. Way. That, yeah. So, yeah. And then, it's funny because you know you have this theme of of overcoming adversity and mental toughness and if my memory is correct you won the wrestle off to make the world team in 2018 and then had to pull out because of a neck injury right yeah yeah and then hard. i was reading an article that you said you were literally at one point crying and begging the doctors to let you wrestle <laughs> yeah <laughs> how did yeah. you deal with that like how did you not just throw the towel in and say, man, this sucks. Like, how did you yeah. move forward? It was hard because at that time I was in the worst pain of my life. So, and it was probably, what was it? It was our last camp before we left for worlds at the OTC. So it was probably like three weeks out from worlds. And I like could not move. Like 
both my arms were dead. I, anytime I like move my neck like that much, excruciating pain. Was it after something specific in practice? Was it like? Yeah, it was like. Yeah, I was after something uh, okay. specific. I didn't don't exactly know exactly what happened, but sure. it was after like a front headlock practice where like you're doing a lot yeah. of defense and stuff and I was like yo something's not right <laughs> um so yeah after that I mean once that happened I was like in my mind going through that I'm like I compete in three weeks like how the heck I'm like I better get a lot of adrenaline pumping through this body <laughs> or else I'm right. gonna lose first round like so bad you know and so yeah once I actually finally got I um like something's not right because they would try Fiddling, cupping, just everything to get me ready yeah. to go for worlds. And they're fine. Like, we need to get you an MRI. Lab. So I think that those results came in. I was just like distraught. And then, yeah, I was like crying doctor at the OTC. I'm like, please. I was like, I'll wear one of those weird neck braces. Like anything that I have to do to go compete at worlds in three weeks, like I will do it. Like you don't understand. And he's like, Ali, no, like you don't understand. Like anything goes wrong, you could be paralyzed. And then so once I like stepped back from that, I'm like, you're like, how the heck would I have competed? Because I was in so much pain. So yeah, I mean, and then getting surgery, obviously, it was a no brainer and just moving forward from that. And so I feel like I'm pretty level headed where it's just like, hey, you need to get back on that map what you love to do and your career's not over. So get that surgery. Let's get this process moving from there. So yeah. And then you, you know, most recently, you have a wrestle off with Helen Marulas for 2020, now 2021 Olympics, I guess, mm -hmm. but going to the yeah. Pan Am team for 2020, what did you, you take away from, from that match? Um, it was, I mean, as mo usually we're like pretty both scoring people in our match, yeah. like both very offensive. So the fact that our match was two, two is like pretty weird, you know? Yeah. So it was just, uh, it was really close match, kind of tactical, a little too tactical on my end for sure. And yeah. um, definitely just like letting it fly. It's like the worst thing that I'll always say coming off the mat being like, who, who was that out there? You know, like, that's not you. I'm sure every wrestler listening to this podcast is like, they've had that same thing being like, that yeah. was not me out there. Um, but definitely just like letting it fly more. And hey, just no one wants to see two great wrestlers having a two two match is boring give the people what they want let's let's get some energy going let's let's get right. it you know so i think they're just like letting it fly and just like um just open and being like staying true to who i am so and do you think now that you you know it's funny because you were going to have to wrestle her potentially again in in mm -hmm. a potential olympic team final match do you think mm -hmm. having those couple of matches before help get you ready for the Olympic trials? And do you think that this whole quarantine with now you, you basically have an extra year. Now, some yeah. people think that's a huge positive. Some mm -hmm. aren't. I think the younger somebody is probably more beneficial. They, they think it is. How do you view all this extra time you have now to kind of prepare yourself for that? Um, I mean, I'm, I stay pretty positive about most things. So I think it's nothing but positives. I, I would obviously want to wrestle someone before big dance, you know? Yeah. So why not keep like getting more of a feel? That's what I got. I would like to feel someone. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's what I would take away from that. And then, um, as far as, I mean, you can only get so much better in a year. Like just think about how good I've gotten from this point to this point. And I think that any person can, 
if they have the right level headed on their mind, they're, they're only taking this as a positive. So I think it's nothing but positives. And um, so, yeah, just going forward, you have so much more time to get better. And I think that's like so cool. <laughs> and did you wrestle in 2012 Olympic trials? I did. Yes. Because I was thinking um, about that and I'm like, there's not many people. I think on the men's side, it's only Burroughs. I don't think I anybody else that. wrestled in this. There's not many, there's not that many wrestlers that this will be their third Olympic trials. Yeah. I'm like, I think I was a freshman in college in 2012. Yeah. And I qualified for trials. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if anybody, I'll have to look into that, but how do you think that helps your experience going into your third Olympic trials? Um, I mean, the more comfortable you can get out on the mat, the better it is, I think. So as long as you like, Perry always says, when the lights shine bright, you better come out and wrestle. You know what I mean? Like, that's the best wrestlers. So as long as that's what you're comfortable with and that's what you practice and you can visualize it and just really see that, then it's going to be with positives for me. So I've been there, you know, and I've been in the finals and I've lost. And just taking everything and learning from it, it's only like forward and up from here. So... And do you hold I, on? I like it. How much of that do you hold on to? Like, I know a lot of people have told me that there's, they kind of split it. They let go of saying, hey, I'm going to let go of the negative. I lost. I'm letting go of that. But they hang on to the positives of that hunger. Like, that loss provides the more hunger. Does, does, is that true for you too? You kind of let go of the actual loss aspect of it, but it helps build your hunger to, to make that team? 100%. I mean, there's only, yeah, you can only hold on to the loss so much before it, like, eats right. you up. I've seen people, like, just be dark holes for a while after losses. And I'm like, hey, I can't imagine, like, you want to, like, lift them up and be like, hey, we got to keep going forward, you know? Right. And so, for me, I think that's something that maybe that's programmed into me for my parents. But I've just always, like, hey, let's let's keep it going, you know? So, I think that as long as you're taking that loss, there's no way you can take a loss positively, but you have to, like, right. switch it in your mind that's like, yep. hey – tweak it here and from there on like we're at full full blast ahead so I think that as long as you do that and like can kind of like wire that in your head then it's only going to be good things from there and you mentioned Mark Perry too and I'm curious what is your relationship what has it been like I I know it's funny I forgot who I was just telling this to but I was saying with all this Hawkeye Wrestling Club news and and some of it almost being drama. It, I think it really is another indicator of how much women's wrestling is growing, that it's now becoming like front page news, right? Like you didn't yeah. have this like two, <laughs> three, four years ago. And mm-hmm. some of it's obviously a little bit of drama, of course, but yeah. I, I do think it's cool. And before we kind of talk about Hawkeye Wrestling Club a little bit more in the future, what has your relationship with Mark Perry been like? Um, he's awesome. I mean, that man, he knows how to coach individuals so like I'm very different and I take way different from Forrest she takes way different than Gilman you know so I think that that's something that I'm sure going back I mark take different than Jesse Delgado Illinois you know so I think that he is so good at coaching each individual and getting them ready exactly in their way so uh since I'm older I can't it's really hard for me to like be like okay Allie he's just like you can't be on the mat every day twice a day like you would like like you're gonna have to we're gonna have to find this like and like figure it out and be like, Hey, you can only be on the mat here, here and go, like run with that. And he makes me feel like comp, like confident about exactly what I'm doing. So him being able to coach every different kind of individual is something that's very rare in a coach, I think. And, um, something that's very special about him. So 
yeah, he, he was a blast when I had him on here. And every single person that I asked, they just, they, everybody, even Quentin Wright was just on. He was telling me about, listen, Mark Perry was the, the lone reason I won the Big Ten as a freshman. And I'm curious. So Kayla Miracle has now announced she's going. What is your, what are your plans as far as giving this more thought and how this plays out? Have you done anything further since all this news came out? Um, I mean, I'm a thousand percent going to, uh, Arizona state with Perry. Um, and yeah, since all that drama, obviously people, it's, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Like, I don't I know. know. I just I feel don't... like I was like, came at from like all sides and I'm like, all I did was like, say what happened to me. It's not that big of a deal. Like what, why are you so mad at me for? So I just think that that's, I mean, if it brought news to, like you said, the way you said it made yeah. it more positive, like, Hey, women's wrestling is actually getting some clout. Yeah. Even though it's like sucked for me, I'm like it. It, it is what it is. But um, now that that's all said and done, but yeah, I'm following Perry to Arizona State, and I'm really excited about it. And I obviously have nothing but respect, and I love my time here at Iowa. And it was it was a blast. It's exactly what I need, and I learned so much from the Brands Brothers, um, and like my teammates. Like I've learned so much from Gilman. Just being around him is amazing and seeing the way he ticks is just inspiring in itself so just people like that and the things that i like learned from this program and i can just take it forward and, but i'm excited for the future for i'm sure. speaking of gilman real quick i am so excited selfishly he's going to penn state because i'm in upstate new york and kale's oh, yeah. a good friend of mine and i've become like an almost in my mind i feel like an honorary penn state alum and the fact that he's three hours away like, I was just texting them yesterday. I'm like, dude, I can't wait till you, you get to Penn State so I can drive home just so we can have coffee and stuff. Yeah. I, he, he's definitely someone I want to spend more time around. But, you know, what do you think you're – what are you looking forward to the most about heading out to Arizona? Um, the weather. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like, the, I love – I mean, hey, I the love, shoe fits. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I'm from Illinois, like small town Illinois, so I was, was yeah. pretty, pretty much the same. Um, in that regards. And I love like the seasons and stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, if I don't have to deal with these crazy winners, then what I'll take it. Yeah. But um, no, I just think that for me, like I said, I love learning from everyone. And I learned so much from the brands brothers and like got a lot out of them. And now moving forward, I'm very excited to learn from Zeke Jones, Lee Pritz, Frank Molinaro and keep learning from Perry. And I think that um, just learn from so many different people it can only better your wrestling. So I think that, um, like Gilman, he's going to learn so much going to Penn State. Like a whole, it's totally different than Iowa, you know? Yeah. Um, their philosophies, everything. And I think if anything, that's going to help him. So I think that it's, it would be crazy for, if, as a wrestler, for me to be like stagnant in one place. And I think that there's just so much we can learn and everything's just so evolving that why wouldn't I take that and run with it, you know? Did your move to Arizona make you think about, I know that you almost didn't want to wrestle after 2016. Mm -hmm. And as soon as a wrestler gets into their late twenties, they start thinking about a transition out of wrestling or what out of competition, I should say. Mm -hmm. Have you given much thought in the, in regards to like saying, Hey, I'm going to move to Arizona. Like I'm going to sell, sell my place, get a new place and a long-term plan. Do you know if you want to wrestle through 2024, or what you want to do post competition yet? Um, I always said after 2020, um, four years is like a long time to commit. And I was yeah. like, Hey, I'll probably be like 31 by 2024. <laughs> but yeah, like, <laughs> hopefully I can still walk by then. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I always said that after 2020, I would take it year by year. Like 
since I had surgery and came back, like, I think it's easier. And I think the way our, like, um, what's it called? Like recovery is evolving too. makes it easier yeah. for a person to last longer in the sport. So I always said I would take it year by year after 2020 and shoot, hopefully I make it to 2024. That'd be freaking awesome. Or if lead times lead me somewhere else or say yeah. I do get injured, something like that happens, like then so be it. But I think that why not wrestle like year by year and take that um, and run with it. And, and going back to the notion that you're part of that group that is is pioneering women's wrestling there there isn't as many opportunities right now for women when they come out of competition like there are men where a lot of there's so many d1 programs and so many different high level um jobs where you can go be a big 10 d1 coach and and make really good money have you given much thought to that post-competition side of your career and what you want to do yeah, I kind of always, I've always wanted to be an athletic director personally. So okay. I think that, because I love sports in general, obviously. And so I think that. And you don't come I've from always, a sports family at all. So that exactly, makes no sense. So it just makes so much sense. <laughs> but I mean, shoot, if wrestling and women's wrestling's in D1, I, I would love that too. So I think that that transition of me maybe coming off of wrestling, being a coach and uh, becoming like assistant athletic director. And then, you know, that transition, I think that that would be something that, I see in my future and I would like, so I would love to be a coach as well um, out of wrestling. And I love just giving back to the sport. And I think that, yeah, I mean, the, the options with women's wrestling right now is like unlimited. Hopefully I think that it goes, hopefully women's wrestling and D1 does go through and gets that yeah. emerging sport status. So I think that it was supposed to be in April, the NCAA like vote for it, but yeah. with Corona and all that stuff, I think it got pushed back. So hopefully that's still, can go through and that can go happen. But yeah, that's what I see in my future at least. Yeah. That's super cool. I think there's going to be so many opportunities and somebody like yourself with the skill set you have, even if it's not tomorrow, even if it's in five years, let's say when all of a sudden those opportunities arise, your credentials aren't changing. So even if you become an AD, you can always Mm -hmm. say, Oh wait, this is now an option. Like I could go there. It's so unique. It it hasn't Mm -hmm. been done before. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's, it's very exciting. So last thing here before I let you go, you know, a lot of people like start off a podcast or or any kind of interview with quarantine, but I kind of like putting it at the end, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so moving forward here, quarantine's hopefully winding down. How have you been doing with that? And do you have any plans right now as far as how you're moving out there, all these other things that are happening? Yeah, I think that the move is obviously like really helped my quarantine transition. So it's like, hey, you have so much time, like you better start packing and like slowly. So instead of like, if you were packed and been like, I got to move at this date and this date. And you're just like, so rushed. You just throw things in boxes. I think that now <laughs> that I've had time in quarantine to like slowly get my stuff together, get rid of a bunch of stuff. You know how much stuff I've collected over the years that I'm like, we keep on eBay. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, yeah. It's crazy. So I'm just that whole process and just like taking time to slow things down. I feel like we're all in like this rush of our day-to-day lives and it's like hey go bake I've been one of those people like quarantine it's like go bake some cookies or you know this and that and just I've become a better cook I've cooked so much and just like little things that I've like put my mind to like hey read this book let's you know just little things that it's like hey slow down and take the time to really like be mindful about your everyday uh things that you're doing because you have time and that's something that you don't always have so that's what I've personally got out of this and have you been doing things to try to 
improve your mentality knowledge like reading books and doing all that like have you been focusing i've heard from a couple of people that were telling me that they haven't had this much time to just focus on the mental side of the sport like there's there's the mentality of of wrestling competing and when you're actually doing things like you mentioned your x factor of saying i'm going to run the steps one extra time i'm going to do this or that have you been able to use this time to kind of sharpen your mind even more definitely i mean right now why wouldn't you be like journaling every day and just things like that watching film just like listening i mean listening to podcasts people like that you have on your show or wrestling yeah. changed my life all those things i'm like you can learn from so many people right now and it's just like read a book be inspired so i think that people i just see it on they're like what am i gonna do today watch netflix you know and it's just like hey get outside go yeah. get some vitamin d go mow your lawn you know go go for a walk like enjoy nature and things like that so i think that like having that perspective is you can get i think you can get better from anything so i think that just having that and being like just being a little bit motivated still too and quarantine definitely helps Hundred percent. There's so many people who are just falling victim to. Uh, I don't even know what day it is. I'm like I'm just. Thank yeah, I'm like, God, I'm hardwired <laughs> from running a company for twelve years. For sure, Every day, yeah. I'm like, there's got to be something we can do today. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, listen. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. I'm sure many people listening enjoyed it, and I know I sure did. So, thank you. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. We'll uh, talk, talk soon. soon. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.